Put your hands together one more time. Let's celebrate our God. Hallelujah. I have just about 30 minutes to minister the word of the living God. And this morning, I'm ministering on the significance of, of, uh, of Christmas, past two. The significance of Christmas or Christmas, part two. Amen. I also want to say that um, don't take your prayer life for granted. As we were praying, what the Spirit of God is ministering to me was that, you know the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? He would never have the opportunity to repeat that prayer. Can you imagine? The prayer he was, he was praying was his last prayer before the cross. That is why he put every fiber of his being, every energy into it. He will never get opportunity again to pray that same prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. So he take his prayer seriously. And what prayer does is that prayer carries you to another dimension of faith and belief. After Jesus Christ has finished praying, he was in a different realm, a different dimension where he said that it is finished. Everything is completed. That's why he was able to tell the disciples, arise and let's go. I have taken the victory. Prayer. You and I need to catch the revelation of prayer. If you don't catch the revelation of prayer, you will take your prayer line for granted. And if God opens your eyes and you understand that prayer is the bread that you breathe, spiritually, we wouldn't take our prayer life for granted. Hallelujah. Because in the place of prayer is a place of revelation. In the place of prayer is a place where you take your, your victory before you take a step. A place of prayer is where you take your victory before you confront the day. That is why you can say that the prince of this world cometh. He has nothing in me. Why can you say that? You have already won the victory in the place of prayer before you set out there. Our life is governed by prophecy. We'll get them the Lord permit today. Therefore, in the place of prayer, if it is revealed unto you that nothing of the enemy can touch you, you can say to the work of the enemy, you come in by Manosmi. A place of prayer. Because God has already ministered to you. He has shown you the day before you set foot into the day. A place of prayer is a place of victory. I remember we were going to a retreat and a lady who was going through almost a, a separation, go, almost about to go through a divorce and wrote a, a, a prayer request for me to carry it to the retreat. And the prayer looks impossible because the thing is that almost the relationship is broken. They are minding their own, almost in their different ways. And wise, we entered into, a, into, into prayer at the retreat. We prayed for about, about 30, 40 minutes. We go to a realm where it doesn't matter anymore what is written on the paper. And in the realm where you enter, the realm said everything, or not everything, it is done. When that request, took that request to the prayer, uh, to, the, to the retreat and prayed, and as we were praying and praying and praying, I got to a realm where I had the inner conviction that it is done. I wrote it down, and that moment, I know it is done. When we, we came back from the retreat, I phoned the lady, and the word that God gave to me, that is what I gave her. Those times, she was still going through the problem, but God said that it is done. God does not live in a time realm. Because you are in a time realm, we, you see a problem. God does not see a problem. He sees the end from the beginning. 
So when he says it is done, you wait for time. He does not wait for time. He says that it is done. But because you have, go, you have to travel through uh, tomorrow and, and, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before you see your miracle, he does not need to go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Hallelujah. But in the place of prayer, he gives you inner assurance. When you have that inner conviction, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what they say. All that you know is that it is done. Hallelujah. And come the early part of January, um, we have two weeks of fasting. We'll pray in the morning like this. In the time of empowerment, uh, for the first two Sundays, we'll use it for a time of prayer to walk in the revelation of what God has given unto you. Amen. This morning, I'm talking on significance of, uh, um, of Christmas, part two. Hallelujah. And last week, some of the things we said was that there are people, there is a whole lot of debate going on. Some say that we celebrate Christmas in, 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 on 24th of December. Some say that we celebrate it in 25th December. Some say that, according to history, Jesus Christ was born in October. Therefore, what date do we celebrate Jesus Christ then? Some say that because we don't know the date, we will not celebrate it. Some say that on 25th of December, it's a pagan holiday. So therefore, why do we celebrate Jesus Christ on a day that the, the pagan also celebrate that day? The good news we have is that pagan did not create any day. God is the one who is the sovereign creator of every day. He has the power to begin the day and he has the power to end the day. Therefore, pagan don't own any day. When they were born, they came and visited a day called 25th of December. They did not create it. They have no right to take ownership of it. That's why the Bible said that the believer, any day that you say it is a holy day unto the Lord and you want to worship the Lord on that day, it is classified as holy. Holy unto you. Amen. Therefore, whether you celebrate Christmas on 25th day of December, be it unto you according to your faith. Hallelujah. We also said that the Jews, anytime God does a miracle in their life, he tells them that you stones, you raise up a stone as altar to remember that what, to remember what I've done for you. So that when generation come and they ask you, why do you have uh, uh, 12 stones erected as an altar? And then you tell them that when God delivered us through the, the, the Jordan River, this is what he did. God Almighty visited our life and parted the Jordan into two. So that our children, children, children will know that there is God, Jehovah. See, that he erects an altar. The Jews became a culture. Anytime God does a miracle in their life, they erect an altar of memorial that they will remember. We also say that human beings, we have a tendency of forgetting what God has done. After, after making it a culture, some of, the, uh, some of the events that God did, and they raised an altar, uh, after that, there were people where... When God delivered them, they did not wait for God to tell them to raise an altar. In other words, if you don't want to forget what God has done for you, you raise an altar. Then, Lord, I want to remember and be grateful. God watches the heart of men. Remember the, 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 the ten lepers who were healed. After they gone their own way, God was checking the content of their hearts to wait and see who will remember what the Lord has done. If they had raised an altar, they would have remembered. It was said that the nine of them forgot and Jesus Christ was laying emphasis on the father. The nine who forgot and the people of the kingdom 
or the or the Jews, the people who had the promise. It was one foreign man, a Samaritan, who don't know, who do not know God, who has not been taught about raising up an altar as a memorial. Those who were taught to raise up altar as a memorial, they forgot Jesus Christ. Were there not ten, ten people here? Where are the other nine? He checked to see if we remember. Amen. So there were people who God did something for them. Someone like Jacob. God did something for him. He raised an altar to say that I will live and remember. Call the place better. When he had a dream, he was running away from problem. When he had a dream that angels were ascending and descending. In the place of, of where he, he thought he would be condemned is a place that God visited him. And he did not want to forget. Hallelujah. And we sometimes celebrate our birthdays. We celebrate our birthday to remember the time that we were born into the earth. The time that God delivered me and caused me to be born again. Some people did not have the opportunity to be born. I said born again, to be born into the, into the world. Some people did not have the opportunity to be born into this world. They were conceived all right. The cells formed all right. But something happened. You had opportunity and you were being born into the earth. You are breathing. You don't pay tax on bread. You don't pay tax on air. And you forget to, rem- to, to give praise unto God who gave birth to us or who caused us to be born. Birth is not an accident. It's a purpose planned by God. Therefore, we celebrate our birthday to remember the day that God brought me to this earth. And people who have a revelation about celebrating birthdays, will betide you if it will betide you if you are a husband of a lady who remembers birthday and celebrates birthday and you forget your birthday, will betide you. <laughs> When you forget anniversaries, husbands, anniversaries is a time that we remember that God put us together. But we said that the reason why he put us together is for us to produce godly seed. May we not forget. God does not do things by coincidence and by chance. It is man who does things by chance and by coincidence. See, when you put us together in marriage, remember and celebrate I used to forget my... No, I've been good. I've been good. I don't forget my wedding anniversary, isn't it? The good news is that we used to go out. In the first wedding anniversary, we went on the way to Jesse. I remember very well because the very boat that we were, we were on, people were cracking jokes and sharing jokes until we got to the middle of the sea where the, 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 the waves, the sea, began to show who is master. Lifted the boat, the boat goes up like this. And then goes down, goes up. The gentleman who was cracking jokes, suddenly all the jokes disappear. And I was asking, are you not a believer? This water belongs to your father, God. How come you are running away? See, the, 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 the storms or, or the, the, the waves of life, the things of life, if they decide to show up, we stand no chance. But we went to Jesse and I remembered the very first day God put us together. We celebrated it. It seems that every and uh, uh, October, we remember God brought us together. That is why we set a date aside, 25th of December, to remember a Savior was born for us. We don't take it for granted. So those who say they will not celebrate, the thing is that our, our mothers and our fathers who did not celebrate their birthday, guess what? And they did not have a birth certificate. When you ask them their age, they will tell you a story. I was born when the first earthquake took place. Therefore, it is your responsibility to go through history. Go and check record. When did the first earthquake took place? And what betrays you if your history record is not there? And you get a day wrong. 
your father will say he's 86. According to record, he's maybe 90. But because he did not celebrate the birthday, he has forgotten. That is why a date is set aside to remember. The date that God himself sent the Savior to die for us. If you are waiting for angel to come or a prophet to come and say, that says the Lord, my son, my son, my son, celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ on 25th of December, it might not happen. But do you remember a Savior dying for you, a Savior coming into the world to die for you? Yes, if you remember, it is time to celebrate God. Thanking him for what he did for us. Jesus Christ, a Samaritan woman met Jesus Christ at the way and said that you Jews, you say that it is only Jerusalem that we shall worship. Jesus Christ told the woman, a time is coming. Not only that, but this is a time where the true worshippers shall worship the Father not only in Jerusalem. They shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They shall worship the Father not at a ge geographical location, not no longer at a building, but any point in time they can lift up their hands and worship God and it is accepted unto God. That was the day we understood that it is no longer uh, 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 there is no longer uh, 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 a Saturday to worship God. Jesus Christ, when he came, he was born under the law, but there were things that he intentionally did for us to know that you know what the Sabbath has been, has been, has been fulfilled. He made us to understand that the Sabbath is no longer a particular day. Say, so they come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Jesus, God, when he created the heavens and the earth, Saturday was a day that he set aside and said that day, that day is called a day of rest. The Jews actually lifted Saturday and they, and, they, and they made Saturday the, the holy day unto the Lord. But God moved further into a new dispensation and said that this time around, the curtain has been torn. Anyone who comes into my presence can worship me at any time. Any time can be, God can be worshipped. It is no longer a Saturday. That is why Jesus quite intentionally healed on the Saturday, healed on the Sabbath day to make us to understand that I am the fulfillment of the Sabbath. Anyone who come unto me will obtain rest. Rest from their labor. It is no longer a particular day that gives you rest. It is Jesus Christ that gives us the rest. That is why we celebrate him on, uh, 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 on a particular day called 25th day of December. Therefore, let no any man tell you that you have to celebrate in October. Or let no any person tell you that because we don't know the day, May we not celebrate. I can guarantee that if we had, people had not celebrated the birthday of Jesus Christ, we would have forgotten entirely that he was born. We would have forgotten. And in this country, there were times that there were celebrations going on, and the celebration is not actually for Jesus Christ. It was for something else. So we make a deliberate effort to proclaim to the world that there was a Savior who was born, not by accident, but by a purpose. And when he was coming, Bible said the whole world, there was an announcement about the coming of the Messiah. The good news is that there were other religious leaders. God did not announce their coming. About the, 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 the promise was made to Abraham that your seed shall inherit the earth. Your seed shall inherit the earth. When you go through history or you check the record, from the time of Abraham to the time of Jesus Christ, when God made the promise, it is more than a thousand years. And God made sure that every single prophecy is fulfilled. The Messianic prophecy, there are about thousands of them. And I believe that even some of them, if God doesn't open your eyes, you wouldn't see them. And yet they are in the Bible. Jesus Christ said that the law and the prophets, 
they were written about me. So when Moses, when Abraham was talking, there were certain things Abraham said about Jesus Christ and he did not know. There were things that Moses spoke about Jesus Christ, he did not know. There were things that David spoke about Jesus Christ, he did not know. There were things that you have read about Jesus Christ, I can tell you that you did not know that this verse is talking about the Messiah. We did not know until the Holy Spirit opened our eyes. Yet every single prophecy has been fulfilled. Which of the prophets? When you go on evangelism and you are sharing the gospel, people say that, oh, Jesus Christ is, is one of the prophets. Roll the clock backwards and tell me, which of the prophets did God prophesy thousands of years before he was born? Which of them? Which of them did the star show up? God caused the star to be shown up. Which of them was born in Bethlehem, in a manger? All those things were fulfillment of prophecy to tell you that God, he says what he meant and he will do what he promises. It doesn't matter the years. Hallelujah. And the significance of Christmas is that God wants us to know that I'm the only God who can tell you a prophecy for thousands of years and it still comes to pass. Hallelujah. You want to turn your Bible to the book of um, Luke. Want to hear the announcement that was made? Basically, I've given you the background of what I want to share today: the 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 uh, significance of Christmas. Now, Luke chapter one from verse twenty says: Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was. Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 29. Luke chapter 1, verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel, then the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this thing be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The angel brought the word of God. Say that this is the fulfillment of the word. This word of God has got the power to fulfill or to manifest in our lives. The angel of God told Mary. In other words, Mary was asking, this thing has never happened before. How can a virgin conceive all by herself? The angel of God told her that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive and give birth to a son called Jesus Christ. And then went on further, 
to stir up her faith and say that even Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived in her own age, in her old age. And the, and the angel went on to say that this Elizabeth is the one that men call her barren. But God did not call her barren. You know what? There are prophecies concerning our lives. There are prophecies concerning the dispensation that we live in. Hallelujah. And there are times and seasons. Therefore, when the miracle of, of Elizabeth has not took, taken place or has, had, had not taken place, people were labeling her barren. But God did not call her barren. That's why the angel of God laid emphasis on the fact that she was called barren by men, but God did not call her barren. And also made us to understand that there is time and seasons in the calendar of God. John the Baptist has to be born six months. It has been prophesied that he is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He has to come six months before Jesus Christ. There is no way he can come earlier than that. For him to come earlier than that, somebody has to temper with the record of God. And uh, Zachariah decided that whether my wife conceived or not, I will still follow God. There are people who say that whether my wife, if my wife delay, I'm going to get another wife. Have you heard that before? The, the free will of a man, very dangerous. If my husband delay, or if my wife delays, sometimes people say, that I've been waiting for God for a wife to come. The wife has not come. Let me go and choose anyone. It is not anyone. If, if Zacharias has chosen anyone, maybe there will be somebody else, not John the Baptist. Mess up the history, mess up the record, mess up his own integrity. But he decided that I will not defy myself. And people who stand and not defy themselves, they write history. Hallelujah. We know about, about uh, uh, um, Abraham. People used to ask the question, and I believe that sometimes some of those things go through your mind. Abraham, when God asked him to go and sacrifice um, Isaac, did Abraham tell Sarah or not? Did he tell Sarah? It's not a tricky question. No. You know the answer already. Some will say yes. Some will say no. But when you go through the life of Abraham, it was Sarah who told Abraham, even after God has made a promise, Sarah said, oh, the promise is delaying. Abraham, go and have my, my maid. Can you imagine? And people say that what we are going through now is because of Ishmael and Isaac. So therefore, maybe if Sarah had not told Abraham, go and have my, my maid and give birth to Ishmael, maybe some of this problem wouldn't have happened. God had to come back and tell Abraham, my, my, my promise is not to Ishmael. It is the one that shall be born out of your loins. Therefore, Abraham got to know the heart of Sarah. See, if I tell Sarah that I'm going to sacrifice Isaac, remember years they went through. Remember the waiting. Remember the prophecy. They both heard the prophecy. And if Abraham take uh, um, um, Isaac to say that God has told me to go and sacrifice Isaac, Sarah will ask Abraham, are you mad? Didn't you hear what the Lord said? The out of this one, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, this one will, will inherit our, our, our 
um, how do you call it, our inheritance. How on earth are you going to kill Isaac? But remember, the dispensation that Abraham was, was not in the same, or the, the, the dimension of faith, dimension of relationship Abraham had with God was not the same level of, of, of um, Sarah. What Abraham can stand, Sarah cannot stand. What Abraham can endure, Sarah cannot endure. Unless, there was a time I heard a pastor and a, a congregation arguing, uh, exchanging. The member had not come to church for three weeks and she felt all right. And the pastor asked her, oh, we didn't see you. We haven't seen you for the past three Sundays. And she was like, oh, there was something that I had to go and do and I went and did it. But is there anything wrong? And the, the pastor was saying, ah, how can you be away from God for three weeks and you feel all right? Say, no, but it's normal. I don't see anything wrong with it. And the debate broke out. One said that, oh, I can be away from, uh, away from church for three weeks and it's normal. Another said that, I can, uh, uh, there is no way you can be away from church for three weeks and feel normal. And the grace of God, I step in. And I said, I think I understand what is going on. Pastor, you are at this level of relationship with God. The member that you are talking to, he is at this level. The, what God has revealed to you, what you understand about God, your relationship with God is not the same as her relationship. She can stay away from God and she feels alright. You, when you stay away from church for one Sunday, you don't feel alright. What is the difference? Some had prepared, the pastor has prepared himself to the point that he has, he has uh, developed an intimate relationship. When you listen to David, the way he talks, Sometimes that's not the way we talk. Enter into his presence with joy. Because of what? A relationship he had with God. So in our Christian work, every now and then we are operating in what? Different, different level. It was David who made himself a, a, a man after God's own. He wasn't born like that. Why did he make himself? Or how did he end up being called a man after God's own heart? I can assure you that it is if we were to be in that dispensation, not all of us would be called a man after God's heart. It's because of what he did that made him qualified to be called. Abraham, because of what he did, that made him qualified to be called a friend of God. Those who were with him, they were not called a friend of God. He cannot afford to miss one Sunday and feel all right. Somebody can afford to miss one Sunday because he's not a friend of God. Because God does not release or reveal intimate relationship or intimate things unto him. Hallelujah. Amen. So they were not in the same level. Okay, let me quickly continue. I nearly deviated from what I want to. The, 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 one of the significance of Christmas is the fact that the word of God is infallible. He gave a prophecy thousand years ago and the prophecies or say, I mean, say came to pass. Indicating that God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Regardless of whatever circumstances, one of the things I, I say is that there is no expiry date on the word. Unless you expire it, God did not attach any expiry date. Unless you rise up and say that this is mine, I receive it, God did not say you can have it. Remember Jesus Christ. He understood prophecy. That's why I began to say that there is prophecy concerning your life. 
there is a prophecy concerning our world. And in this dispensation, there is a prophecy concerning this dispensation. Jesus Christ was sitting on the donkey and it has been written about him that there will be a shouting of Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. When the time came and people were shouting Hosanna, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were saying that, tell the people to stop shouting Hosanna. There is a prophecy concerning his life. That at this time of my life, it is written about me, there shall be a shouting of Hosanna. And he understood the time. He understood the season. See, I will not allow my destiny to be aborted. If you don't understand the time and the season you are in, and you don't understand the prophecy concerning your life, you can be robbed of your miracle. You understand? Every dispensation of your life, there is a prophecy concerning your life. The area in which we are, there is a prophecy concerning this area, the end time. There's a prophecy concerning the end time. There's a prophecy concerning those who will be born in end time. There's a prophecy concerning some of the things that will be happening in our world. Jesus said that if you tell these people to hold their peace, God will cause stones to rise up to shout Hosanna. He knows what has been written concerning his life. So that at this point of my life, there shall be a shouting of Hosanna. If men keep quiet, stone will rise up and shout Hosanna because he knows what has been written about him. There's a prophecy. There's a prophecy about the son that shall be born and his name is Jesus Christ. And God made us to understand that nothing can change his word. That is why Jesus Christ said that if God has written about me that there shall be a shouting of Hosanna, then let it be according to the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolute trust. God wants us to trust him absolutely. The events surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ are events displaying the miraculous work of God. When, when the promise was given to Abraham and his seed, when the angel of God went to, uh, to Sarah and announced, but said that, and Sarah laughed. said that this old age, do you know what the word of God, uh, the angel of God told uh, uh, Sarah? The question is, is there anything too hard for God? God wants us to believe him on his word, to trust him. The same message that was given to Sarah, when he came to the point and it was like, can this thing ever happen? The message was given to uh, 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 Zacharias. A message was given to uh, Mary. With God, all things are possible. God wants us to believe him. You look back into history. Everything that God does, he is telling us that with him, all things are possible. Regardless of whatever we are going through, when our back is against the wall, God wants us to remember with him, all things are possible. It was Zacharias. He had prayed and prayed and believed in God for a, for a child. Can you imagine? After praying and praying and praying, he got to a point. The physical one was ministering to him. When the angel, even when God sent an angel to come and, and tell him that you, your, your wife will conceive and give birth to a son called John, he doubted. May we not come to that place that you are written yourself off so much that even when an angel is sent from heaven to come and bring you the good news, you say that, I don't believe. Can you imagine? Zacharias wrote himself off before the angel broke the news to him. Zacharias, 
ministering to people, telling people that with God all things are possible. And when he got to his turn, Zacharias was saying that, I don't believe. The angel of God told him that you will be mute. I don't want you to spread the, good, the bad news of doubt. I don't want to change the mind of your wife, Elizabeth. You'll be mute until the miracle of God is done. Don't write yourself off. If you don't understand the ways of God, be like the gentleman who confronted Jesus Christ and said, uh, who spoke to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, I believe, but help my own belief. It is better to say it that way because the miraculous and the supernatural, human mind cannot comprehend. How can a virgin conceive all by herself? Human mind cannot comprehend. And if you are not totally, the self is not totally crucified, you will not understand the ways of God. But let's always remember that he made a vow that your seed, he made a promise to Abraham, your seed shall inherit the earth. That Jesus Christ shall be born. Let me see if I can find it. In the book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. The promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Seed, singular. Scripture does not say, and to seed. Seeds, meaning many people. And to your seed, meaning one person. Who, he said, the scripture did not say, uh, Abraham and his seeds, meaning many people, but rather, Abraham and to his seed, which is Christ. By revelation, Paul told us that, when God gave the promise, he was talking about the seed of Abraham, who is Christ. If for thousands of years, circumstances came and could not abort the seed, and the miraculous work of God took place, God is telling us that, I am able. You look into your life, you can trust him. You look into your life, you can depend on him. That the God who says that he is able with the same God who will do it in our life. We celebrate Christmas to remember that our God is able. In Christmas, God demonstrated his deity. He, in Christmas, God demonstrated how, how awesome he is. That days and weeks cannot stop his work. That when he promised, he's able to carry his word to the very latter of the word. So he wants us to trust him. When we are celebrating Christmas, we are remembering that God is saying that with him, all things are possible. That we don't write him off. We don't take him from our lives. Because one day we we'll all go through challenges. Would you remember that with him all things are possible? Yes, we'll remember. When you are celebrating Christmas, you remember that one day God caused a virgin to conceive all by herself. That Jesus Christ fulfilled over thousands of prophecies. No human being can ever fulfill that prof those messianic prophecies. Telling us that with him all things are possible. Telling that with him, he can do the miraculous. Tell him that even if your back is against the wall, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. That is Christmas. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why we celebrate to remember that we will never forget the miraculous work of God. We will never forget. We make a deliberate effort to celebrate it. Make a deliberate effort. When I, I play my Christmas uh, carols in my car, I will tell you that you have played this over and over and over and over and over. Why don't you play another song? <laughs> Hallelujah. We make a deliberate effort to, to remember. So that when um, a friend sits in the car who is an unbeliever and asks you, 
Why do you play this song, uh, Christmas carols, in a, uh, on, on such a time? Opportunity to let him know that there was a time that God did the supernatural. Jesus Christ was born on a day and he delivered us. Or he came to die for us. To remember, that is why we celebrate him. Hallelujah. So we make a deliberate effort to celebrate Christmas. Because that was the day our Savior Jesus Christ was born. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to bow down your heads?